Hey everybody, welcome to this month's Battle Misconduct. We are once again, even though you can't see anything, but we are once again coming to you from the lovely New York City offices of the NHL, which houses my co-host, Mr. Sean Rourke. Yes, and uh, I'm like a visitor here. I have not been here in ages. Today's my first day back in the office. I've been uh, Florida, Vegas, your favorite town, for uh, Wayne Gretzky camp, Rhode Island for Easter, Boston for vacation, and now I'm back. I'm like a world traveler. Well, really, uh, wow. Rhode Island, uh, United States traveler. Yeah, that's, that's fairly impressive. It's, it's, fairly it's impressive. not your uh, usual travel itinerary, but I'm pretty pleased with myself. Sweet. Well, welcome back to, you. to your uh, to your abode, your humble abode here. It's still freaking cold here. I'm not really happy about that. But anyway, um, <clears throat> so we are very excited to have with us this month Justin Goldman, who runs something called the Goalie Guild. So I'm going to allow Justin to explain to you exactly what that is. So Justin, take it away. What is the Goalie Guild? Um, that's, that's kind of a good question, actually. It's been so many different things since I launched it um, back in January of 2009. But it kind of originally started out as basically just a haven or a home for me to post um, all of my goaltending thoughts and analysis on different prospects and different techniques that I had been too exposed to as a goalie growing up um, in Texas and then here in college in Colorado. And then uh, I guess just back then there weren't a lot of guys that were talking about goalies on a daily basis or breaking down goalie techniques. So I think I was very fortunate in the sense that uh, my website and my brand was able to uh, you know, gather a pretty large following pretty quickly um, out there in the Twitter world and online and just stuck with it and, and really enjoyed learning so many different things about goaltending from a lot of different guys around the world. And eventually it turned into kind of like a goalie scouting service um, where I was doing a lot of scouting in Minnesota. Um, and then that led to some opportunities writing for NHL.com, which I know uh, Sean played a huge role in um, helping make that happen. And then, you know, again, it's just continued to evolve. And then finally, um, after I published my last book in uh, January of 2015, I made the decision to basically transform the business into a nonprofit foundation. So now my goal is really to, you know, take all of the experiences I've had and try and support, you know, some needy or some underprivileged goalies and goalie coaches and give them some opportunities to, you know, train with good goalie coaches and get exposed to some new techniques and basically just give them opportunities to grow and kind of experience some of the things that I've experienced over the last couple of years. That's awesome. And, and for those that don't know or haven't followed, the maybe the most lasting thing that you've done with this project, and I've known you for a long time ever since you did the goalie uh, fantasy rankings for us, is, is the book um, that you put out last year that you mentioned. Um, and, and the fact that much like uh, metal enthusiasts that have done books and so forth and so on, you kind of traveled around the world and did all the different styles. Could you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, it was a pretty awesome experience. I was influenced by this wonderful article um, on the history of Finnish goaltending. And Finnish goaltending, as, as a lot of guys know, I mean, some of the best goalies in the world come from Finland. 
And this article went into detail about, you know, that exact thing, like why do so many good goalies come from Finland? And the article was just so beautifully written and inspired me to, you know, finally save up the money and put together a trip where I would spend a lot of time in Finland over the summer learning just what exactly makes Finnish goalies tick. And so I was able to put together this really cool three-month, kind of like a world tour. I went to Finland, I went to Estonia, I went to Sweden, spent some time in Canada, and then traveled across the U.S. And basically all I did was just interview all of the great goalie minds that I had a chance to meet and work with, some NHL goaltenders, you know, some guys that coach NHL goaltenders, um, and really just try and soak up as much knowledge as I could about not necessarily goaltending techniques or what they do on the ice, but what makes goaltenders different in different parts of the world. And what was so cool about this experience for myself is that I learned that, you know, whether you're in Sweden or you're in Finland or you're in Canada or the USA, you know, everyone's pretty much learning the same thing. I mean, it, it basically comes down to just, you know, good positioning and having good skating skills and good eyes and good hands. But what the real differences were for me um, and what I experienced was that culture and environment actually plays a huge role in how goalies develop and how goalies become, you know, such unique individuals. And there was a lot about the Finnish culture and the Finnish environment and just the typical Finnish personality that really does lend a hand to why they have so much success. And, you know, for so many years, I've been such a huge fan of Finnish metal. Um, it was just awesome for me to get the opportunity to travel there. Um, the great part of it, besides all the hockey stuff, was the fact that the timing was perfect and I got to attend the Tuska Metal Festival um, last summer. So that was just a huge, huge um, life-changing event, actually. And, you know, just everything together was very eye-opening and a, and a very um, enriching experience. So it's kind of like the headbanger, the metal evolution, uh, where you're traveling the world looking looking at heavy metal for goaltending. Basically, is what was more or less what you did there. Yeah, it, it's pretty awesome. It, it's funny too because kind of what I do for goalies is what I enjoy to do um, with metal bands, and I think it's something that you probably have been doing for decades now. Is you're just trying to find talent, and you're trying to find what makes talent what it is. And all the different types of metal genres all around the world, I think it's just so enjoyable for myself to kind of take that same approach with goaltenders. You know, um, there are as many different styles as there are goaltenders. So while, you know, on the surface, the golf, a lot of goalies may look similar, when you really start to, you know, pay attention to the finer details, um, just like you would with a new band that you've discovered, you know, you start to see it, what makes them unique. You start to see what makes them tick, and you develop your own personal taste. And it's kind of like a really cool journey and experience, and you're always kind of learning new things and being exposed to different things. And I think that's part of the joy of, you know, doing what I do in the world of goaltending. And didn't you, while you were in Finland, didn't you have like a camp or a, a con like a meeting or a convention or something you did over there with a bunch of people? Yeah, so two years ago when I first went to Finland, I attended a, a, a program that actually mentored goalie coaches in North America and taught that Finnish style. Um, and then last summer when I was over there, I actually helped run a camp that was in Veramaki, and Veramaki is where the Finnish Olympic Training Center is. 
So we got to use their facilities for a week. It was a really awesome time. We brought over some North American pro goalies like Jack Campbell from the Dallas Stars, uh, Josh Robinson, who's been tearing up the ECHL this season in Missouri. And these guys kind of got exposed to the same thing. They got a chance to see what, you know, finished goaltending development is all about. We brought in some great goalie coaches from Finland and Sweden, just kind of exposed them to that Scandinavian style. And I think for a lot of the goalies that attended that camp and the coaches as well, um, they kind of saw a lot of different things and were able to kind of pull from areas that they really enjoyed or pulled some techniques that they really liked. And it just kind of deepened their toolbox. And overall, it was just a great experience. So that's really what it's all about. Again, it's not always about what's going on on the ice. But just being exposed or being so, you know, getting the chance to soak in that culture of being in Finland is is a really cool life experience, and it really does help um, round out your skills a little bit. So we we've talked a lot about the book, and and you know, it's it's played to rave reviews among goalies. Um, you know, I see to this day I see it pop up on my Twitter feed when a new goalie reads it and how he's going to spread the word. But you haven't told us the name of the book or how people that are interested in it can get it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's funny. It's uh, so the book, the most recent one is called Between Two Worlds, and um, it's funny because you'll kind of notice, you know, if you are a big metalhead, you'll see that I have a lot of metal influence in my writing, and Between Two Worlds is actually it, I named it this because obviously I was trying to understand the differences between you know the Scandinavian world, the Finnish and Swedish world of goaltending. And then the world over here in North America, Canada, and USA. And so that's where the title came from. But it's also actually the name of a really good song by a, a metal group called I, just the letter I. And they're kind of like a power group. Um, a bunch of different guys from a bunch of different bands came together and put out one record. And uh, Between Two Worlds is a track from there. So kind of a little bit of uh, symmetry there between metal and goaltending and if you do read any of my books or, or read some of the stuff that I've written over the last couple of years, you'll find some metal influence, some lyrics that get stuck in there from time to time. And it's something that I really enjoy to do. So that's kind of where the title came from. And um, both books that I've written are available on Amazon. So you can just search the titles. The other one is called uh, The Power Within. Um, and then the, the one I most recently wrote with the trip overseas was uh, Between Two Worlds. And can you buy them uh, outside of uh, North America as well? Yeah, I think um, in, in Sweden they have a website called adlibris.com. It's kind of like uh, Europe's um, Amazon. And so the books are available in Europe on adlibris.com. And I think Barnes & Noble has picked them up for their online store as well. So there's a couple of different places you can buy them. Um, they're about 20 bucks each, so they're not super expensive. And Lots of good content out there because there's, there's not really a lot of uh, books written just specifically on goaltending. Um, so that's, that's been a really fun experience for me as well. Now to tie in even further the metal connection, uh, my very good friend Johan Hegg, the singer of Amata Mars, his wife Maria is a yoga instructor and she uh, over in Sweden and she has gotten into uh, teaching yoga to some of the local Swedish hockey team where they live. Um, 
in Sweden outside of Stockholm. And specifically, it seems like the goaltenders were, were very interesting. And I know you and Maria uh, have talked, and, and I think that there was something going on between you guys. And I'm curious to see how what you feel you know yoga can do for goaltenders, and if there's some sort of a correlation there. Yeah, absolutely. And and first of all, I can't thank you enough for you know hooking me up with Maria and Johan. Um, when I went over to Sweden last summer, I couldn't have met two nicer individuals. And what an amazing couple these guys are! And they were so welcoming to me and just so kind. Um, they actually, without even me asking or anything, they took me all over Stockholm. You know, took me out to dinner one night, showed me the city. We went to a museum. And that experience was, I can't even begin to tell you how thankful I am for that. Just because, like I said, I've been a huge Amon Amarth fan for probably going on six, seven years now. Um, finally get the chance to see them live when they come here to Denver in May. And just getting that opportunity to meet Johan and just discuss a lot of different things with him, whether it was metal or yoga, um, which he does regularly and he has greatly benefited from by being with Maria. Um, like I said, I just I can't thank you enough because that was just an unreal experience for me. But yeah, I, I think yoga can be so beneficial for not only goalies and hockey players, but any athlete and any person in general. I mean, these days we're so busy and we're so stressed out with all of the work that we do over the course of a week. When you can just take an hour to sit back and breathe and take some time to relax and clear your mind and do some simple yoga poses. Um, not only is it benefiting your physical body, but it's benefiting your mind and your emotions as well. And I think anytime we can get a chance to detach, I mean, we, we experience this every day, right, guys? We listen to metal because it gives us a chance to just kind of escape the perils of the day and all the crazy stuff that we've got to get done, and everyone's so busy these days. Um, yoga has a, a lot of great benefits for goaltenders, but I think it's something that um, encompasses all human beings. And just seeing Maria's passion uh, for wanting to, you know, promote yoga um, and, and, you know, teach yoga to hockey players and, and goalies in Sweden, but also seeing a guy like Johan get on a mat and do some of these poses and stretches and listening to him talk about the benefits of it you know, with some Swedish goalie coaches when I was over there, I think that says more than anything else that you'll see um, in an article or maybe what you'll see an athlete do. But the benefits are, are endless. Um, the stretching, the breathing, like I said, which is very key for goaltenders because it is such a stressful and, and, and high-pressure situation. Um, you're seeing more and more goalies do it, and for very good reason. So for me, who's been around hockey for it feels like ever, um, to hear you talk about yoga and and to a degree Pilates has worked into the into the whole routine of goalies. When when I started in like you, I started as a goalie and loving goalies and played for a long time. Twenty years ago, twenty five years ago, the goalies in and all of hockey were the least athletic guys, the guys who couldn't skate. Um, and, and the transition has happened over that course of time, probably starting with Patrick Waugh and, and, you know, and then Martin Brodeur where the goalies became more athletic and it became more of a, a, a desired position. But even in, in the five or six years that you've been really studying it, have, have there been things that have surprised you um, about how far the goalie 
techniques and training have gone from what you were first exposed to as a as a budding goaltender, as a youth goaltender? Uh, it's it blows mind every day how in depth and how detailed goalie development and goalie training is becoming. And maybe four or five years ago, I thought I knew a lot about goaltending. And now what I tell everyone, and I laugh, but I also, I also mean this with a lot of sincerity. The more I learn about goaltending right now, the less I realize I know. And I think that is something that really proves just how detailed and how good the coaching is getting and how we're starting to use technology to advance the training of goaltenders. So now you've got this stuff called head trajectory where you're looking at how a goalie's head is positioned in relation to his body and the puck. And then you've got vision training for goalies where you're literally doing these exercises on computer screens or wearing specific glasses that take away some of the light so that you can work on tracking pucks better and focusing on pucks better. I mean, it's getting so awesome to just be able to soak up some of that knowledge and see what different guys are doing in different parts of the world. So I think it's just getting exponentially um, more detailed, more complex, but at the same time, the solutions are pretty simple. It all comes back to the same thing. You're trying to be as square and as calm and as controlled as possible with your positioning and your body movement. And because goaltending is like so intimately tied to your vision and your just basically natural reaction instincts, a lot of these new techniques that are using technology to kind of support support what's going on out there, it's just becoming really cool. It, it's almost like you're being blasted into the future by five or ten years, but it's happening right now. And every day it seems like I'm, I'm learning something new or I'm discovering something that someone is doing um, that's unique or outside the box or really creative. And I think the creativity that comes into play when you talk about goalie development is part of what makes it so much fun to just wake up every morning and, you know, kind of follow along with what other goalie coaches are doing and um, the sharing that's starting to take place between goalies overseas and goalie coaches here um, is, is really exciting as well. So, yeah, it's such a different game, the position. I mean, when Patrick Waugh started to really revolutionize the butterfly style and now we've got all these different hybrid techniques and stances um it's always changing and that's the only constant in life is change and that's very very true in the goaltending world well now here in <clears throat> i'm going to play devil's advocate here so because <clears throat> goaltenders are much better athletes now they start training much earlier it's not like you know the <clears throat> the guys like oh the worst guy plays goaltending now <clears throat> excuse me and you mentioned all these techniques and, you know, analytics and everything else. So what it's really happening now is is, the, is nobody can score goals because the goaltenders are too good, they're too well-trained, their equipment is massively big. So so as a goaltender, when people start coming at you with all these sort of stuff, with all this sort of stuff, like what do you yeah. say and, and specifically address also the how large the, the equipment has gotten because I do think that the equipment is out of control into how big it is and it's certainly not I feel that it's not there to really help the goaltenders from getting hurt it's more to prevent pucks from going into the net yeah I mean it's a great argument and and I think for myself um, 
I, I agree with you. I agree with you that I think gear has gotten a little bit bloated, especially with the chest protectors um, and the pants. But at the same time, what makes it really difficult is that, you know, every single goalie's body is different. Some guys have longer arms. Some guys have shorter legs. And so what makes it really difficult when it comes to coming up with really solid restrictions or requirements for the size of goalie gear, it it becomes very tough because you don't want to negatively affect some smaller goaltenders that have the skill to be an NHL goaltender. Um, But at the same time, you want to try and make it as an even playing field as possible. So I, I feel bad for guys like Kay Whitmore and some of the goaltenders that, you know, they're trying to do everything they can. This is their profession. They're paid to stop pucks. If you have an opportunity to wear a pant size that you're regularly in a large, but you're wearing an XL and it falls within the rules, every goalie is going to do it. And every goalie coach is almost going to try and force their goalies to wear bigger pads as long as it's still, it's still legal. So I think it's just a very complex situation because you almost have to look at every single goalie's body individually and figure out what is appropriate for that body and to make sure that those sizing, you know, those sizes and all the different things that go into sizing gear is done appropriately. Obviously, a lot of the manufacturers don't have that opportunity, but I think there's a way to find a common ground or a middle ground that works for both sides of the equation. But yeah, absolutely. I mean, you can obviously just look at pictures online of goalies from, say, 2004, right before that lockout, to where goalies are right now with some of the size of chest protectors. And it's very clear. I mean, it doesn't take a goalie analyst or an expert to see that things have gotten a little bit out of hand. Well, yeah, the leg, um, the leg pads think, go all the way up to your belly button now. I mean, there's no five hole anymore. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and I mean, with the way that knee pads are integrated into the pants and the thigh rises on the leg pads and everything else, I mean, goalies are pretty smart at that stuff. We always seem to find a way um, to get a little bit of an advantage with the way that we wear our gear, you know, all the way down to like uh, a, a small knee landing pad that's, you know, got a little bit more foam than the average knee pad. And it doesn't look like much, and you may not notice it when you're out on the ice, but if that goalie's knees are one inch higher off the ice and he's one inch taller in the net that's a huge difference so um it's it's really kind of interesting to see how this process evolves i kind of look at it as a pendulum and a pendulum swings back and forth and it seems like every time that we make a change with the goalie the size of the goalie gear yeah the scoring goes up and the pendulum starts to swing back to those high scoring games but I think goalies are just such good athletes, and we go back to what we just discussed with, you know, the training and all the advancements with the techniques and the technology playing a role in that. The pendulum swings back to the middle really quickly, and goalies adapt, and they start to rely a little bit more on their, you know, God-given natural genetical, you know, genetic gifts of the athleticism and the read and react skills, and now they rely a little bit less on positioning and a little bit more on those gifted skills and they adapt really quickly so i think it's just kind of i think it's just the evolution of goaltending and and the game of hockey in general it's always going to kind of swing back and forth and um you just hope that you can find middle ground to where everyone's happy and the game just the position in the game just kind of gets left alone I mean, if we reach the point where they make the nets bigger, that's where you're going to see a lot of furious people, and I would be in that category. So 
I kind of, it's tough to kind of pick one side because I see both sides of it, but I look at it from a little bit of a different perspective. I look at it from the perspective of how does the position evolve and how does the game evolve around those changes and at what rate does it happen? And it seems like the rate of the way goalies adjust and adapt is very, very fast because athletes are so much better these days than they were 20, 25 years ago. For those who are just listening, Kay Whitmore, by the way, is our goaltender guru who, uh, the NHL's goaltending guru who measures everybody's pads and makes sure they're legal. Every pad, every pair of pads in the NHL that's using the NHL goes through Kay's office and is measured and checked. And one of the things that was discussed at this year's meetings is smaller, rounded equipment in both the pants and the chest protectors, um, which, barring an unforeseen circumstance we'll start to see early next year. Those guys are going to get that equipment during the summer. Some will use it in the World Cup when we play the World Cup in September. Um, but you're going to see more of the traditional rounded equipment as opposed to the square blocking equipment. Um, and it'll be interesting, as Justin said, to see where that lands as far as giving up goals. I mean, when you look at some of the goalies in this league, like Marty Brodeur, when he played use some of the smallest equipment allowed um, uh-huh. and Corey Schneider now uses smaller equipment than all of his brethren there are goalies in this league that are read and react goalies that do not want to be weighed down with a bunch of heavy floppy equipment they want to be as streamlined as possible so you know I, I think in the end I think what everybody wants regardless of equipment and everything else especially the goalies the goalies are on board for once because guys that are very good at stopping pucks don't want to look down the other end and see a guy with almost the same goals against average and same save percentage who is not as skilled and who's there because of his equipment um, so I, I think what you'll see as this goes forward is the athletic reactive goalies may like Justin just said the pendulum may swing toward them for a while until somebody figures something else out but if we can get to a point where you can judge a goalie solely on his athleticism and his ability to stop the puck in whatever way they do it I mean you look at Dominic Koshik back in the day and nobody would pick him to be a number one goalie (laughs) and he was one of the best of all time because he finally got a chance I think once you see those guys have the ability to stop pucks on merit and not on technology um, the pendulum will swing a little bit and you'll see more reactive goalies and won't be trying to put that biggest roadblock in front of the net, which it is at times now. Yeah, and I, I think you you say a lot of good things and, and raise a lot of good points. And to me too, I think it, it does I, I think it does beg the question of, you know, taking it away from the goalie's perspective a little bit, just look at how hard it is to get shots through nowadays. You know, so many guys are filling lanes, blocking pucks, laying down their body, making those sacrifices. You know, I do understand from the goalie's perspective in terms of how much they fill the net, but, man, it would be nice to be able to see some pucks get through. Um, And and screening the goalie is such a key component these days because every single coach in the world says, you know, take away the goalie's eyes, we're going to have a better chance to score, and that's a very legitimate um, a very legitimate comment to make, and so that puts even more, you know, bodies in front of pucks um, getting through to the goaltender. So I think again, it just goes back to you have to look at the evolution of the game as a whole, um, and just realize that hey, like yeah, you want goalies to rely on their athleticism, but a part of being a quote-unquote athletic goalie 
is also having really good body control. And the goalies that have the best body control do kind of look like they're more of a blocking type of a goalie. But, you know, maybe you take Corey Crawford, for example. Some guys will say he's more of a blocking goalie and he's not that athletic, but it's his actual body control and his ability to be really set in his position and be really technically sound that does give him that athletic element to his game. So, again, I just think it's, it's, it's something that's never going to go away as long as the net is 6 by 4 and goalies are getting bigger just like forwards and defensemen are getting bigger this conundrum of goalie equipment being too big is going to continue to happen so i like to watch the evolution of that whole paradigm and see how it really influences the way coaches coach or the way goalie coaches work with their goalies to you know alter their techniques and their positioning so that's the fun part for me i try not to get too bogged down in the in the actual semantics of you know, the sizing and stuff like that. But I, I agree with you, Brian. Like, it, it's gotten a little bit out of hand, and you see some guys that are, you know, 5'11", not even 6 feet, wearing pants that, Brett, you know, Ben Bishop's wearing. And you don't want that because that's, that's not fair. So fairness is, uh, is a touchy subject, but there's two sides to the equation, and it's just really fun to kind of watch how it all evolves. I just say let's go nuts. Let's like change everything. Let's let's you know if the goalie's out of the blue paint. He can be hit. Uh, you know he can hit back. I mean, come on, let's go nuts. Let's go let's crazy. Let's just change him into lacrosse change. goalies. Yeah, exactly. By yeah. the way, Justin. No, no, Steve. By yeah, the way, ahead. how dumb were we as young goalies when we used to tell our defensemen to get out of the way and not block shots? I would have been a much better exactly. goalie in today's uh, in today's hockey than I was as a as a young boy back in Rhode Island. <laughs> well, you know that's the other well the other interesting thing, and you can probably expound on this more than something more than I can. But I know there are some some elements within the league that were saying that they should stop people from blocking shots. Like you, you can't go down and block a shot any, anymore. Yeah, that, that that didn't get any traction, obviously. No, it, it, there's not. A, there was some talk about an illegal defense when you put too many guys in the slot. Uh, See, I, to, to that, I love that. Idea, to by kind the way. of smash down the shooting lanes, but because I think long term, though, not to interrupt you, but I think long term that that the problem. No matter, so as Justin said, you're going to change the pads, and people are just going to figure out a way to, to to get around that. And same thing, like defenses can 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 go a different way. Almost like that illegal defense, just like they had in the in, in they still have in the NBA, where you know if you're playing too defensive or you or you're clogging up too much of it, yeah, you get a two minute penalty, and that's going to open up the game much faster than even you know smaller goalie pads. I feel. Yeah, I, I think finding what that illegal defense is is going to take a lot of bright minds, a lot of. Uh Analyzing the game and get a few coaches in there. They'll figure and, out in five minutes and try and figure it out, and then they'll figure out how to beat their own rule in ten minutes. So, um, but the to get back to the shot blocking, like that's that's part of what most people love about the NHL is about hockey in general is the sacrifice that guys are willing to to have to to succeed. You know, like. People are like, oh, shot blocking so boring. And then in the middle of the playoffs, some guy will go down and block a shot with his face because the net's open. And everybody will go, oh, there's some grit for you. That's what's going to win you the Stanley Cup. We love that guy. That guy is an old school hockey player. Yeah, but the first time Sidney Crosby goes down and does that and breaks a, f- a foot and he's out for a month and a half in the playoffs, then it's a whole different story. It's the price you pay, right? Like, that's that's the way it's always explained. Well, it's, but, but the, you but would see, rather see that than. 
than well, but, immolate it. But let's go to the NFL model where you protect your star players at all costs, and you touch the quarterback and you get an immediate penalty. A lot of people don't like that, but the NFL knows that the star players are the star players. These are what people come come to, to pay to see, and the NHL really doesn't give a rat's ass about that. Well, I think that's an overstatement. I, I think that as long as it's within the rules... As all, I say this within the NHL office. All players are created equal <laughs> as long as it's within the rules, and there are not a separate set of rules for a separate class of players. But I think what even stands those players out, the players that we love because of their skill set, is the fact that they will go and they will do the things that other guys on their team will do, and that makes them equals instead of above. But Jerome McGinn was a perfect example. A guy blocks shots all day, scores goals. Steven Stamko, same thing. You know, he gets hurt going hard to the net instead of staying on the perimeter. Those are the things we love about the players that we love, the fact that they're not one-dimensional and that uh, they don't enough of your do N- Enough of your NHL shilling here. So, Justin, the most important question of this entire interview, in my opinion, why is it that goaltenders more than any other position in the NHL are metalheads? That is such a great question, and I think, you know, I, I know Mike McKenna's been on the show a number of times. I know you know a lot of different goalies that are metalheads. Um, from my personal um, experience, the thing that it is for me is that goaltending is such a grind, emotionally, physically, and mentally. And when you listen to metal music, I think there's such a good symmetry between the emotional, the emotional roller coaster and the emotions that you go through trying to be an elite goaltender, trying to become a professional goaltender, and a lot of the different types of sounds that you hear or lyrics that are embedded in really good metal music. And so there's just something about, I mean, nothing goes together better than hockey and metal, but I think for goaltenders specifically, for me, when I was growing up, what really drew me to the goaltending position was that the first time I saw an NHL goalie on the ice, I go, holy, holy shit, this guy looks like a, like a knight in shining armor. Like, look at this guy. Like, he's a true warrior. He's got all this awesome gear on, and he's going to go out there and kick some butt, and he's the most important aspect of winning hockey games because he's the guardian of the goal. And for me, when I listen to metal, my favorite type of metal is that Scandinavian black slash death metal. When I listen to it, even if it's like folk metal, like Tear, some of those bands, Teresas, whatever the case may be, that's the symmetry right there. Is that that battle metal, that that genre of music, the Monomarth, where they're going to battle. That's how I feel like I am when I put on my mask and when I put my gear on. I'm going into battle. I'm getting ready to kick some butt. I'm going to do whatever I have to do to help my team win this war. And that's where the symmetry is for goaltenders. And I don't think you can ever get away from that because it's a part of who you are. Goaltend- I didn't find goaltending. I think goaltending found me. I grew up on a horse ranch in the middle of nowhere, Texas. I didn't even know hockey existed until the Minnesota North Stars relocated to Dallas. But I was always listening to heavy music. Pantera's from Texas. That's what I grew up on for the most part. And when I saw an NHL goaltender, that's the correlation. That's the connection that I've made. And as time goes on and my musical tastes start to change... I start to realize that there's just this beautiful symmetry between the goaltender's persona, um, their environment that they're in when they're on the ice and in the crease, and what you listen to when you listen to some good old classic Amon Amarth, 
or some of that really good Scandinavian metal. And for me, it's it's not only beautiful, but it's motivational. It's what inspires me on a daily basis to go out there and continue to learn the trade of goaltending and to learn what makes makes goaltenders click. So I hope I described that well, and I hope it made sense. But for me, that's the best way I can describe it kind of on the spot here. You did describe it well, and now I'm going to put you on a bigger spot. So you're playing you're the biggest game of your life. I don't know what that is now. I don't know if that's men's league or or what it is, men's league championship, whatever. Good old beer league, buddy. Good old beer yeah, league. There's nothing, right there's nothing wrong with a beer league championship. You should take it as serious as the Stanley Cup. So you're, you're getting ready to play in the, the final game of that championship. You got five bands you can listen to to get ready. Who are they? Five bands. Okay, awesome. The first band would be Kalma, um, another Scandinavian kind of death metal band. They've been around forever. Love those guys. I would say Kalma, um, a band called Thierfing, a little bit on the heavier side, but again, over there from Scandinavia. <coughs> um, and then I would have to go with Moonspell, um, a band that's actually from, if I'm not mistaken, Portugal, but again, called, kind of falls into that same category. Um, and I'm really, really in love right now with a band called Shilma Gognar. These guys are pretty new. Um, they're from Holland, but they're absolutely unbelievable and very motivational. How do you spell and that? Shilma Gognar. I actually had to write it down because I didn't want to mispronounce it. But that is S-H-Y-L-M-A-G-O-G-H-N-A-R. Their, uh, their, their first album was called Emergence, and there's a couple of tracks on there that, like, when I'm heading to the rink or I'm getting ready for a big game, I listen to it over and over again because it's brilliant music, and I'm really excited for this band's future. Um, so they would be in that category, and then I would think the I think the fifth one. I got to be honest with you. I got to say Abanamar because they've been such a staple um, in my quote unquote discography of metal for so many years. Um, and obviously, having that personal that personal opportunity to meet Johan Hegg and learn a little bit about his history and background. Um, you can't get any better than a Monomarth heading to a hockey game if you're a goalie. So those would be my five bands. A little bit, uh, a little bit of the Scandinavian flair for sure. But that's just what really gets me going, man. I just love the stuff. I like it. I'll have to check out that band. I haven't heard of them. See, I like to think that the yeah. goaltenders are in the metal because they're the smartest hockey players. I, I, I definitely agree with that. I mean, goalies. Our intelligence level can be through the roof at times, and I think it's uh, it's really cool, though, to just, you know, I've listened to this show a number of times over the years off and on, and um, obviously I know Mike McKenna a little bit, and it, it's just awesome. I think it's, there's so many, like I said, there's so many symmetries to what a goaltender goes through on a daily basis, and think about a guy like McKenna. I mean, this guy's been grinding it out in the minors since forever, and it seems like Every time he gets moved around, he finds a way to have success. Um, but the mental grind that he goes through and the emotional grind he goes through with all the trades and all the ups and downs and everything else that comes into play, I mean, metal is just so conducive to helping you get through some of those tough times. Um, I think it's just a wonderful mix. And again, it's, it's like a true passion of mine. And I know forever I'll be a goalie guy and a metalhead guy for sure. Well, that was, uh, that was a pretty esoteric list you had for uh, your five bands. I'm going to have to do some uh, <laughs> some Googling later to check some of these guys out. Maybe you could be Brian's new uh, 
Scandinavian uh, power metal scout, just like you're doing some scouting for goalies. Um, and, and, you know, you mentioned Mike, and uh, Mike McKenna's been on our show. He's almost an honorary guest host at this point, but he might have a new career. I don't know, Brian, if you saw, he's become a food critic now. Yeah, I saw, I did see that, so uh, that, was, uh, that was interesting. Yeah, I did a little food c- critic article for the main paper. He's in Portland, playing for the Portland Pirates, and they had an opening for their food critic. He threw his hat in the ring and actually did a, uh, a very well-received review. So Mike is, uh, as you mentioned, he's a man of many, many talents. Um, and, and one of them is uh, being a guest on our show. Yeah, he seems like a really awesome guy. And like I said, I've known him for years. We've had a lot of good conversations back and forth. Sean, I know that you see uh, all three of us kind of talking back and forth about different bands or new albums that have come out. And you know what? I, I think that's so important. I think for pro goaltenders, especially a guy like Mike, I mean, hockey is his life and it, it's also his career. Um, it's how he makes a living to support his family. So I think anytime you can actually develop a little bit of a, of a friendship with pro goalies and, and talk about other things, besides just hockey they really appreciate it and it really does help them create a little bit more of a balance in life and i know that's how it is for me i mean every day i'm doing goalie this or goalie that or watching games or breaking down video so when i get an opportunity to talk to you guys about metal which is another one of my biggest passions i mean that's that's really meaningful for me because it just helps me kind of take my mind off of that daily grind um, and clearly my grind is very different from an NHL or a pro goalie's grind. But, I mean, we all kind of have that same thing going on. Like, you know, Brian, your grind is extremely different from ours, but we all have our own definition of what the grind is, and we all kind of go through it. And that's where I think music, especially good metal, really comes into play. It helps create that balance. It, it gives you a chance to escape um, and, and maybe just, you know, think about different aspects of life. And the lyrics for me, um, the lyrics are really important. Like those five bands that I named, maybe it's not necessarily the sounds, but the lyrics, as, you know, as a guy who writes for a living, the, the lyrics are what really get me engaged in a new band and gets me really excited to kind of discover and learn what I can about a band. So I, I just think again going back to a guy like mike mckenna what he goes through on a daily basis i i know for a fact he really appreciates being on the show um and having the opportunity to talk about metal because it helps him get away from it all even if it's just for a few minutes each day we'll see that you know it's just, it's it's the opposite for me you know <clears throat> i the, going to hockey games and watching hockey is my therapy as, as opposed to the way it's opposite for you guys where the the metal thing is so we're we're on the same page in in different ways which is kind of cool so now where if people want to reach out to you how can they find you on the social web media etc etc yeah everything is basically just at the goalie guild um Obviously, Twitter's been a, a staple for, for my company and brand over the last six or seven years. Um, I think ever since I, I you know, stepped away from my role at NHL.com, I've kind of started to go behind the scenes. Um, so just look up the Goalie Guild. You'll find a lot of my stuff. Um, like I said, my books are available on Amazon. Um, but you know, now my focus, again, is not so much on you know, what I think I know about goaltending or providing the analysis anymore. Right now, I'm really focused on helping other goaltenders get opportunities. Uh, like I said, I grew up on a horse ranch in Texas. 
I didn't have opportunities to get good goalie coaching until I was much older. And so now I want to try and give back um, to, you know, the, the, the goalies that just don't have the opportunity to train because it's such an expensive position and the gear is so expensive and going to camps, camps costs a lot of money. So that's really my focus now. I try to take, uh, take the spotlight off of myself and really focus just on the goalie guild as a whole and, and helping the goalie community and um, that's that's pretty much that's pretty much it, man. So Twitter is at the goalie guild. Facebook yep. is the goalie guild. Uh, Instagram yep. as well. Instagram. Instagram now- is the goalie guild. We're starting to do a little bit more on Instagram. I I, I happen to kind of really like that platform um, just because it's a little bit more visual, but. Again, Twitter is pretty much a staple. We love to post, you know, little video clips, vines, um, always positive, and a lot of the goalies that we've worked with. And um, just, you know, my biggest thing is event management. I love to bring people together um, to kind of enhance the culture of goalie development here in the States. And that's really where my focus is right now in Colorado, you know, building a goalie development program for the grassroots, for all those youth associations um, and, and, you know, travel teams that don't have the luxury of having full-time goalie coaches. My focus is really on, you know, building something internal that they can use to help support their own goalie development within their own association. And I know that uh, I'm working with USA Hockey and USA Hockey is putting a lot of emphasis and a lot of um, efforts into creating a national goalie development program. And that's why Finland has had so much success over the last 30 years because of their national goalie development program. So that's my real passion right now in the goalie world. And, and like I said, you can kind of follow along and see a lot of the different projects we're doing if you just uh, search Search the goalie guild. Now you know that uh, my buddy Ben Scrivens has been spending the off season in Denver the last couple seasons. Yeah, you know it's awesome. I actually had a, this awesome opportunity. Um, my my girlfriend is actually from Finland. She lives in Helsinki, and um, you know we're 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 doing the whole long distance thing. But she was over here last summer, and we had a chance to actually sit down and have dinner with Ben and Jenny Scrivens. And we did talk a little bit of metal, and that was really, really cool um, for me to get that opportunity. And you talk about a guy who's a goaltender, who's a metalhead, who's intelligent. I mean, that guy is that guy's in another world. Oh yeah, super, super smart, and um, a really, really good goalie. I know he's had a little bit of a tough season this year with Montreal, but um, it takes nothing away from his true talent level. And I don't think I've ever seen uh, a married couple that were both goalies both playing pro hockey so what an awesome story and what an awesome guy yeah he's great so um thanks again for doing this we really appreciate it one last question for you though is since this is a non-profit now is there a way that people can can donate or, or help out in any way with what you're doing yeah donations are huge because since this is our first year doing uh the non-profit thing you know we're looking for support for sure you can just go on the goaliegild.com. Um, at the top of the page, there's a donate button. You can donate through PayPal, and everything goes directly to these new scholarships that we've set up. We've got about seven already running and funded for this year, but obviously we need to find a way to continue to fund these scholarships for future years. So it's all a really big help, and like I said, that's been my focus now um, 
and for probably the rest of my life because this is just what I love to do. So everything really helps, and I know that the, the goalies that do earn these scholarships, like I said, you could be changing a kid's life um, and helping build an, a future NHL goaltender. So it's definitely really helpful, and like I said, it's right there on the goaliegill.com at the top of the top of the website. Cool. That's awesome. It's a great way to support and, and help out some people that might not have another opportunity. It's awesome. Well, thanks again for doing this, man. We really appreciate it. And uh, we, I'm sure we'll talk to you again in the future at some point. Yeah, no, like I said, a huge honor to be on the show. Thank you guys so much, and uh, keep rocking, man. Check that out, and otherwise we'll see you guys next month, right, John? Yeah, man, we'll the playoffs back. will be in full swing. I'll probably be out west with you, probably. There you we'll go, that would be good. The California team's going to be in the playoffs. Well, uh, yeah, that's going to be crazy. And right now, the Ducks... As we see here today, the Ducks actually could, if they win tonight, I think they flop, they go over the Kings. Yeah, and then it'd be Kings Sharks in the first round. Oh, crazy, fantastic! I have to go. Uh, I have to go up to San Jose to, to hang out with my buddy Phil from uh, Machine Head because he's like, you got to come up for a game. So that should be interesting. Kings Sharks. We'll see. All right, guys. Well, thanks again to Justin for doing this, and we'll talk to you guys next month.